Welcome to Rock Talks, a podcast created to build community through conversation. Hey, thanks again for joining us here at Rock Talks. This is our second episode, and uh, we're really excited about some of the things going on in the Rock Talk world, but also excited about things going on in our church. Yeah, it's, um, it's amazing we made it this far, huh? It's episode two. Dang. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> We're still going. We're rolling along. Um, uh, I think that today uh, we have a very special guest, and uh, I really feel that um, as you listen, I think you really will uh, gain a lot from today's episode. But before we get into that, maybe, uh, I don't know, Pastor, do you have anything to share terms of what's going on at church? Yeah, I mean, the big thing that happened is last week we had our very first service in our new building, which was fantastic. Um, A lot of us were kind of nervous about that soft opening, but I think for the most part it went really well. Um, I think people responded really well to the building, and I think people are pumped, and we're really excited for, for what's coming. Yeah, you know, it was really neat to see as people were walking into the church. I mean, like, I think there, the expression was was unanimous and was like, everyone had the same facial expression, right? Mouths gaped open, <laughs> looking just like in awe of the change, right? I mean, because I think we just tore down, right? We completely down to the foundation, right? In terms of the part that was taken away. Oh, even the foundation got oh. replaced because it was in bad shape. Okay, okay. No, it's fantastic. It was, it's just amazing. and. Even like the, the changes that will come in the future, um, really excited. Yeah, um, we're looking to finish up the chapel, uh, which is the small room next to our main worship room. Um, that should be finished up later this month. And, and we're really looking for mid to late January, just complete, complete, like finishing the entire building. So Wow, just a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's, it's amazing what, how God has blessed us with this process. It's just crazy. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah. Excellent. And, you know, Ken, I, I did want to share with you just kind of my experience with our Rock Talk episode. Um, I was down in Southern California when it came out, and I was driving this very, very long, terrible drive from L.A. to Loma Linda. And I was stuck in traffic. I was driving for about two hours, and I was listening to some sports podcasts, which I usually do and I'm really into. But I was just so, so tired. And I remembered that the Rock Talk episode had come out. So I put that on. And I'll tell you, immediately I brightened up. I, ge- I became super awake and super alert and just had an awesome experiencing lis- experience just listening to my wife talk bad about me uh, in front of uh, many people. This, uh, this podcast uh, saved your life. You know, <laughs> you, you could have very likely crashed your car or, you know, who knows? Yeah. So, you know, if you are commuting, this is a great uh, podcast to listen to because it's just it's a lot of fun and it's insightful and it's meaningful so uh, thanks for listening now and uh, we hope to provide you know more content that's meaningful you know and so if you as a listener have any thoughts suggestions topics people you know, Ken and I are just super open to hearing from you guys and um, so that we can create a, a, a podcast with content that's just really, really valuable to everyone who listens. You know, uh, on another note, if you are ever interested in hosting um, this podcast, you know, I think a lot of times you get tired of listening to the same 
voices over and over again. And if you really would like to help and uh, would like to co-host or host uh, one of these podcasts, let us know. We'd uh, love to have you uh, jump in and help out. Um, or if you have ideas uh, as in terms of content and topics that you would like to hear or have covered, let us know also. We're you know open to suggestions and we uh, definitely need them. Yeah, definitely. And so uh, before we get into our interview with our special guest, um, just a couple of quick reminders about church and things going on. Um, one of the biggest challenges that we need to figure out moving forward is the parking. And so just want to encourage you when you get to church, just park uh, close <laughs> to the other cars. Don't leave huge spaces just because we need to until we get the striping down. Um, also, leave a spot open for the potluck people right next to the kitchen. And the big thing is when you exit, uh, make sure you use the new exit lane and not the entrance lane that we used to. Okay, So if we do that, I think things are going to be fine and people will be safe and we shouldn't have any trouble in our parking lot. So the that exit lane, that's not all the way in the back of the church, like in the toward the park, right? We're no. talking on the very side of the church, right? Yeah, yeah. It's where the old dumpster used to be, but oh, okay. that lane is cleared up now, and you can utilize that to, to leave. Okay. Uh, the dumpster, I see, has a new house. Yes. Literally. Yes. I it's mean, a beautiful, beautiful building. That is, yeah, that's a beautiful structure. If any of you were like, why would they spend money on building a house for a dumpster? Uh, just know that it was the city of Portland that required that of us. Man, we live in a wonderful city. All right. Well, um, stay tuned. Keep on listening. And uh, we'll be right back. And now a word from the sponsor of today's podcast. Hi, everyone. This is Jennifer from our children's ministry department. If you haven't heard about our Rock Children's Ministry, well, we welcome you to come and check it out. We have classes that range from birth all the way up to fifth grade. Our goal for our children is to help them grow in faith and find a loving home where they will feel safe and cared for. This coming quarter, we have plans to do some community service missions where all ages are welcome, in reach movie dinner, and in March, we are planning to have an open house for our community with wonderful food and fellowship. We hope you can join us. Okay, so today for episode number two, we are really excited uh, because we have a very special guest and uh, obviously a member of Rock Fellowship. And uh, today we have uh, none other but Naryang, uh, Naryang Lee. Naryang, what it, what's your maiden name? Kim. Yeah. Kim. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Great. I went from most popular to second most popular. <laughs> okay. I guess if you just stay married to Jerome, you'll stay there. Otherwise, you can marry a pack yes. or a park. Yep. And then have all three. Go on down the list. The trifecta. <laughs> um, um, well, that's wonderful. Um, I think uh, for those of you who have never had the pleasure of spending time with Naryang or meeting Naryang, um, you've definitely missed out. Um, she is... Uh, I would say very unique uh, in that respect, and someone I don't think I've met anyone quite, you know, uh, quite like you, uh, and that's definitely in a positive, uh, positive frame. Um, but um, maybe you can share with us how long have you been in Portland? I don't think you've lived here a long time. We moved down in August of 2018. Okay. So a year and going on five months. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Just seems like yesterday that you guys came down. Yeah. And people are also saying, you've only been here a year. 
And you moved from where? Seattle. Mm-hmm. Seattle. We lived up there for 20 years. 20 years. Wow. Okay. Um, where did you grow up? Uh, I was born in Korea. And my family moved to New Jersey when I was seven. And then we moved to Southern California when I was about nine and a half or so. And then from there, we actually moved back to Korea. Oh, you did? So I was 12 when we moved back. And then um, I lived there for five years. And I came back to Southern California at 17, graduated from college. So I grew up on all kinds of coasts. My goodness. So when you went to Korea for that five-year stint, uh, you were in school there, I, I'm mm-hmm. assuming, right? Mm-hmm. In just regular, regular, mm-hmm. regular school. Regular school. Wow, that must have been difficult. No, I think when we returned, my parents were trying to decide whether they would put us in the foreign school or just regular Korean school. But my dad was very adamant when we did live in the states. He really wanted me and my brother to speak only Korean at home. Um, And then when we moved to Korea, he was adamant that we only speak English at home to keep up both languages. And so I was in the seventh grade when we moved back. And uh, I'd say the first year was kind of hard because I spoke enough, but the subjects that they were teaching in in class were way over my head. Yeah. Um, you know, they're about two, three years ahead in math for sure. And I didn't know the grammatical structures of the Korean language. And they start teaching English at that point, but I'd never studied English as a language. I just spoke it. Um, but, you know, thankfully at that age, it's, you know, I think your brain's pretty malleable. And so my brother and I both, we just went through the Korean education system. And um, a lot of things were tough about that, but I'm also very thankful for it too. Mm. Did your family, uh, were they, did your dad do business or what, yeah. politics or what was he over Oh, no, for? no, no. Um, so my dad is originally from North Korea. He was orphaned during, during the war. And um, what originally took us to the United States was he and his partner had an import-export company. So basically they would... Uh, import fabrics from Europe mostly at the time and back in the 70s uh, labor was still pretty cheap in Korea and so um, they would manufacture ski wear and then Mm. we would export it back out to to Europe and um, when they needed um, an outpost in the U.S. Uh, his partner stayed behind and then we went out to the U.S. so it was his his business brought us here and then he continued that uh here in the states yes continued that and then all the way through until we went back to korea and then when we returned to the states for the second time when i was in high school he sold that company and then we came back almost like a a typical uh, immigrant experience and um, he tried various different uh small businesses at that point Mm. what was uh what was your childhood like if you were to to sum that up uh well probably the biggest framework is all of that moving back and forth that i was talking about Mm -hmm. um and um my mom and dad were not your typical korean parents in that um as i mentioned my dad was an orphan so we didn't have relatives grandparents on his side 
And then my mom actually is a painter. So she studied art and um, taught art for a while. And so as individuals, they were pretty unique, but on a day-to-day level, I'd say it was pretty typical. Like, he, you know, he went to work and my mom was a housewife. Um, but I think my dad, he um, valued exposure to a lot of different things. He himself actually enjoyed that. And we always joke and say that he has itchy feet because he was displaced at such a young age. Mm. Because from North Korea, he was brought down to the very southern tip of South Korea as a refugee and pretty much had to make his way like all by himself. Wow. So he started off as like somebody's house servant and then he was a shoeshine boy for a while. Mm-hmm. And so he still has really good friends from those shoeshine boy days. Wow. Um, and so not having um, grown up with a very um, stable structure of his own, I think in trying to provide that for us, he still wanted to infuse a lot of I don't know traveling and just exposure to a lot of different things Hmm. so maybe it sounds like it could have provided for a real kind of rich I I guess childhood experience maybe yeah you know my memories of childhood are 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 great Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and I'm sure that the going back and forth there were some difficult parts about that of kind of feeling like it, you know, you don't belong. And there is some of that as I grew older um, through adolescence and adulthood. There was certainly, there were times when I thought, well, I'll never really belong anywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but that's, you know, two sides of the same coin. It's kind of the uh, whole, I guess, immigrant uh, story, right? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you ha- having difficulty belonging in mm-hmm. here or there. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like uh, growing up, were there some key moments um, that really kind of shaped you, or or is it pretty much what you just kind of ex- described? Um, I think none that I could really pinpoint, but in general, it was just that um, fluidity, just learning to um, adapt. Mm. Uh, yeah. Make friends wherever you're at. Yeah. Just try to fit in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Was uh, was religion or a belief in any kind of, I don't know, uh, a god or anything like that, was that a part of your growing up experience? Not at all. Not at all. And um, I, I wonder about that because Korea in itself is actually a quite religious country. Um, Koreans can be very passionate and kind of fanatical sometimes. And so a lot of people will identify with one religion or another. But um, neither of my parents grew up with that. And even in our um, immediate family, I don't remember even hearing, uh, not even discussions of God, but just even the word God growing up at all. So you don't, you really didn't have any kind of a positive or negative neither experience mm-hmm. or exposure. Exactly. Hmm. What, when do you feel like was your first exposure to? Well, I had friends growing up, uh, both in the States and in Korea. Uh, they were um, from Christian homes. And so, I mean, I had been to uh, churches with them. Um, but 
Yeah, even that, it doesn't really evoke any kind of positive or negative <laughs> memories okay. for me. I guess that's good. Just kind of a clean slate, right, to work from. I, I guess. Clean palette. Um, so uh, for those, I I grew up with your, your husband, uh, Jerome, mm-hmm. uh, for those that don't know Jerome. Um, we grew up together in uh, Toronto, Canada, mm-hmm. and uh, had just fun memories of growing up in Canada together. But uh, maybe you can share a little bit about how your paths crossed. Uh, so we met in Seattle uh, in the year 2000. And um, I was recently divorced, and I was finishing up law school and um, we met through mutual friends. And um, at that point, I had no intention of getting remarried. <laughs> and I think he was kind of antsy to get married <laughs> from, from what I am told. Um, friends of ours tried to like set him up with various people. And I'm sure in no way was he thinking that he would marry, first of all, someone who was divorced with a child. Mm-hmm. Um, second of all, someone who's not Avenist. Um, but yeah, we just met through mutual, mutual friends and, um, I'm not really sure if it was like a intentional kind of thing, but we got to know each other and. Do you think that was your first real, uh, I guess, in-depth exposure to Christianity then through that? Let's see. Uh. I wouldn't say my first exposure to Christianity, but probably the first exposure to a um, very well-defined and um, close-knit community. Hmm. Um, Because when I lived in Korea, as I said, I would visit different churches at different times with my friends. And then even when I was attending college, um, I think a lot of people may have this experience, but... Korean Americans are good about taking care of college students who are away from home. And so I was attending school in upstate New York in kind of a rural area. And there was a local Korean American church. I think it was a Korean church, actually, where they all spoke Korean. They were older, but they would send a van over to pick up the kids and then just feed them some Korean food. And so I did that for a little bit. And at this point in time, I can't even remember any of the sermons. I can't remember like what denomination they were, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it was just more about, you know, Mm. being around Koreans and eating Korean food. Um, Interesting. Do you think then, um, it sounds like in Seattle then, uh, you had a community that kind of surrounded you and uh, welcomed you in. Do you feel like, that acceptance, that community, that belonging over believing kind of played a part in? Oh, abs- absolutely. Okay. Because I don't think, um, well, I don't know. Maybe for some people, the decision to attend or join a church um, starts with uh, an intellectual decision. But for me, it was absolutely the people. And... Um, and I happened to have been in an exceptionally vulnerable time. Like mm-hmm. I was feeling quite, um, I guess, I'm vulnerable is the word. You know, as a, I had decided that I would, you know, raise my child on my own. And even though 
that um, conviction was there, you know, just kind of like in the deep blue (laughs) sea (laughs) and uh, to be um, girded like that was um, very powerful. You know, that's kind of surprising to hear that, hear you say that it was the people and those relationships and that community that really help shape and form your spiritual journey. I mean, because, I mean, I know you as maybe as someone that's probably more intellectual or a thinker and um, philosophical in that mm-hmm. regard. And so to hear to hear that maybe God spoke to you through this, this other avenue, mm-hmm. through relationships mm-hmm. and through um, maybe that, I, I don't know if I can call it touchy-feely, but, you know, mm-hmm. it, it just surprises me Mm. i guess Mm. but um the way i look at it now is i think belonging to a a faith community is if it is um well bonded and supportive um, a lot of times it mirrors the experience of being in a family and i think um individually when we start out in a family like as infants all we feel is belonging all we feel is love right and as we grow we start examining and like critically thinking um, about what it means to belong mm-hmm. and um, what the group represents uh, in terms of their values and philosophies. So I would say um, my own experience, it very much mirrored that, mirrored that of a family where it started off like that. And I think some of the more critical analysis or just like the philosophical examination you're talking about, it came later. Mm, okay. What do you think, uh, w- what's been the most difficult uh, in your spiritual journey? Uh, sitting here, looking back, I would say... Um, I don't think I realized it at the time and as I was going through it. And um, I wouldn't know if I would call it a difficulty, but um, the times that I felt um, lost or challenged, I think, are when I felt like I couldn't go to someone with questions. Hmm. Where I really craved um, having a, um, uh, just like open armed grace, you know, permeated type of mentor in a way. And this is not to speak badly of any of the pastors that I've had. Um, but now I think it's a big product of being in an immigrant church community that is kind of cut off from our older generation. Mm -hmm. Because I think that as much as we honor and uh, try to stay connected to our parents' generation, just by virtue of language and culture, we kind of miss out on a lot of the wisdom that they have to offer. And I have always been a part of a church where pretty much me and my peers, our age group were at the higher end, and then we were the quote-unquote leaders of the church. And I think the challenge for me, I think from a spiritual point of view, is um, 
not having people that I could turn to when I came to points where I was kind of confused or questioning things. Hmm. That is interesting. I, 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 you know, I think I would have to agree with you. I think that is looking back through my life as well. It's, you know, there are, although there is maybe one generation above me that speaks English well enough where I could go to and really, you know, talk about what I'm going through. Um, I think it's just probably one generation like my sister's age who are currently around 50, how old are they? 58, 57, somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, yeah, there's, I think there is this, this dearth or there's lack of, of mentors. Um, there's a, there's a gap. There mm-hmm. is a gap. Mm-hmm. And then above that is just all Korean speaking. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and I know there's so much there and I speak Korean, but I, Korean is not my spiritual language. Mm-hmm. So I can communicate with somebody, but I can't really share my heart with them in Korean. <laughs> You know, do you feel like, um, do you feel like we, we, like you or I, do you think we have a responsibility within our church community then to be the mentors to those that are younger than us? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, because I I think that naturally happens. Yeah. um, But I still think that you and I sitting here in our age, we still have that gap above us. <laughs> I mean, do you, but you said it naturally happens. Do you think it's natural? I don't know if it's quite natural though, right? Because um, sometimes it could be perceived as being nosy or, you know, or, you know, in some ways being somewhat, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? Being somewhat offensive, right? Like it, it almost like, you know, I don't know, here's advice or something like that. But you know what I'm saying? Oh. It's not like, you know, I, I meant natural in the sense that not as mentors reaching out and looking for mentees, mm-hmm. but I think as the spiritual community as a whole, as a collective, they grow uh, on their own journeys. Um, people that are a little bit um, behind or like a little bit later are naturally going to look for people. So I think mm-hmm. that seeking out happens naturally, not mentors looking around for people to I mentor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see. You know, because I have actually heard on a number of occasions from um, from people, some younger mothers in our in our church who um, have really been blessed um, by you and and through through you um, uh, just in the past year and a half that you've been here. And I don't know if that's been through some small groups or, or book mm-hmm. clubs or uh, your mm-hmm. interaction with them, but they, they have expressed uh, that they've really been um, uh, blessed through their interaction with you. And so I think that that mentoring th- that you're talking about is mm-hmm. already already kind of Yeah, happening. and that's, that's very humbling to me and, you know, it, it really glory to God. But I think that's not because I was looking around for people to mentor. Mm -hmm. I just think that by virtue of sharing my life and what I've been through, it um, perhaps resonates and maybe gives some sort of assurance to people that are possibly going through similar things a little, you know, a few years after me. Yeah. In that sense, it happens naturally. Mm. So here's kind of an off the wall question. Um, if you were to give yourself advice to a, a 25-year-old Nadyang, what what do you think you would say? 
yeah, 25, you know, where we thought. <laughs> or, or maybe not 25. I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. 20. You, you pick the age, but, right, uh, but right. a younger version of you, what? Uh, I would say probably the same thing that I still say to myself today, which is um, it's going to be okay, you know, mm-hmm. to be diligent and sincere in everything that you do, but don't get so fixated on the outcome. And I think we are very much... Um, achievement and uh, product oriented we're just trained to think that way but uh, you know God is good he's always good so um, it'll all be okay and it may not look like our definition of okay but in the end it'll all be good Hmm. that is great Um, I really like that Um, what um, what has God been revealing to you lately in your life? <laughs> uh, so, just in a year and a half, um, I'd have to say, uh, in recent years, I've been kind of more on a journey of um, self-discovery and self-awareness, and I really think that it is a very important aspect of spiritual growth. I think um, we can't really grow in God if we really don't know ourselves. And um, what I n- not realized anew, but kind of confirmed, is that I am somebody, um, I'm, I'm highly introverted, um, which means that um, I value um, deep and intimate connection um, over, you know, widespread, shallow connection. And that's not to say that, uh, you know, one way is better than the other, but I just know that about myself. But more recently, what I've been realizing is that whatever our tendency, natural tendencies happen to be, um, growth um, in our spiritual beings requires that we actually um, seek the opposite. So in other words, yesterday I just heard somebody quote Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And um, in a nutshell, he said, you know, those who seek sol- silence and solitude, they actually need to go and find community. And those who are seeking community all the time, they need to go and seek silence and solitude. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah, and um, and that really resonates with me. And so even agreeing to do this podcast, <laughs> 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 my first you know reaction was, no, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Let me be by myself. This is, this is God's. I only want to talk to one person at a time. <laughs> this is God's plan. <laughs> That's interesting because last uh, last. Uh, time Tracy also was is very introverted mm-hmm. and she was just very nervous about doing it but um, uh, no that's great I, that, it somehow worked out where we picked two maybe the two most introverted people <laughs> within within rock church so now we can say if I can do it you can do it too exactly. this is excellent <laughs> well we're gonna enter into our um, what we like to call our rapid fire wrap up mm-hmm. and uh, just ten questions mm-hmm. right and you can answer them as as uh, as short or as long as you would like, but um, uh, we'll kind of 
wrap up our interview with these 10 questions. So mm-hmm. number one, what is your favorite comfort food? So for the first 20 years of my life, I definitely would have said bread. Okay. Uh, any kind of baked goods, I love that. Uh, but in my 30s, I realized that uh, gluten is really not nice to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not, for a while, I was very strict about it and then I felt great, but then I kind of fell off the wagon. Um, so now I would have to say it's not a comforting food just because it doesn't make me comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, in my mind, I find it comforting, but, um, more recently I'd say I did think about this one a little bit. I think it's a long answer. (laughs) Any kind of, um, like stewed or braised dish, a Korean dish with rice. So specifically i like the mu i like the radish that has been braised with either fish or beef with hot rice oh. so imagine like if you had like a sengson jorim uh-huh, and you just like pick a, out the mu in there that's like a fish with like that radish, radish and uh-huh, soy braised. sauce mm-hmm. sweet soy sauce based exactly uh, stew yeah or kalbichim which is braised ribs short ribs but i like the the radish that's in there Ooh, that sounds rice. good mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that was a long answer. Yes. (laughs) And I don't get to eat it very often. You missed the rapid fire uh, word there. Yes, yeah. But uh, number two, podcasts or books? That's hard. Uh, Books. 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 Okay. I mean, I would say that um, out of all of the, the, the... the 10 books that I've read last, I think I've gotten probably half of them from you, <laughs> uh, from the library of uh, Na Young Lee. Um, uh, number three, what's one great book that you read in 2019? Um, this is a book that was recommended to me by my daughter, who is um, in a, a master's in therapy program. And it's a book by a Boston-based psychiatrist who did a lot of research on PTSD. And it's called The Body Keeps the Score. His name is Bessel van der Kolk. And it's very fascinating. It's a little bit dense, but I would recommend it to anybody. Hmm. Um, are there pictures in the book? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of, there's some graphs, though. I had to okay. kind of skip over some of the more techni- technical. All right. Um, so here's one question. Um, ping pong, hockey, or golf? Which would you prefer your husband, Jerome, to be obsessed with? Oh, he has time to obsess with all of them. But I do like ping pong, actually, um, because it uh, it brings him such joy. <laughs> <laughs> and I know for many years, he, he has always loved hockey. And for many years, uh, up when we lived in Seattle, we did have a church team. And he loved that, too. But over the years, people kind of like gave it up and they'd rather go play ball golf and he kept playing with um non-church friends Mm -hmm. on a hockey team but the community exactly wasn't the same because he'd say you know some of the guys you know after the game they go out and have a drink and just kind of shoot the bright breeze and stuff and i said well you can go with them and just you know hang out like that but just wasn't the same for him. So mm. now with ping pong, it's like it's already friends that he likes anyway, and they all like the same thing, mm-hmm. and they're getting really good exercise, mm-hmm. seriously, and they just have so much fun. That is great. I, I think they're they're playing ping pong. What? How many times a week in it, your garage? I think at least three. At least three. Mm-hmm. 
And you can just tell they just love each other so much. <laughs> oh man, that didn't it wasn't Jerome's last birthday party with a ping pong yes. based party. Yes, yeah. yes. And I really like the fact that it's um, anybody that wants to can join. It doesn't require a lot of equipment. Doesn't mm -hmm. require a lot of um, technique. Really, you mm -hmm. just practice. You just keep playing and you just just play. Who would have thought that ping pong would be uh, this popular? It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, winter or summer? For me, winter. Winter. Okay. Um, what's the thing uh, that you listen to while you drive? Depending on uh, how I'm feeling, it's one of three. It's um, either silence, classical music, or a podcast. Okay. What, what's your favorite podcast lately? What do you like? Uh, I think still, I mean, I've listened to various ones, but the enduring one is On Being. On That's Being. That's my favorite. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think I was introduced to that through mm -hmm. you. Uh, coffee or tea? Tea. Yeah, I can see you're drinking tea right now. Uh, rice or noodles? Rice. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. What, do you have a pet peeve? This is kind of a long answer, too. Is That's that okay? okay. That's all right. So due to advances in modern technology, my original pet peeve went away, which was those tangled up phone cords you see. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I'm just about? trying to picture it. My <laughs> eyes were just kind of looking and tangled up phone cords. Oh, I think I know what you mean. So from the yes. base to yes. the handset, there's like a spiral cord. And you go to some offices and, you know, by virtue of people picking it up, turning it around and putting it down, it just gets tighter and tighter and tighter. Yeah. And then it gets to a point where you can't even you can't pull it pull from it. the base because it's so tangled yes. up. That would drive me bonkers. And so I have been known to go and fix those mm -hmm. at the public library. Oh, my at Nor <laughs> Oh, my word. At Nordstrom. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, because it would just... It bothered me so much. I'd say, can I help you with this? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my. wow. But thankfully, I just don't see it anymore. <laughs> You're right. You're right. So People, what is your current pet peeve then? My current pet peeve, I have to say, it is um, being in social situations where you can't, you can't have meaningful conversations. Ooh. Wow. And sometimes church feels like that. Because at church, all I want to do is just grab one person and just talk with them the whole hour. But as I said earlier about the whole, like, you know, solitude versus community thing, I realized I got to let go of that. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Interesting. I'd have to think about that one a little bit. You know, I think there are, you know, um, there's a time and a place for everything. Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering if the corporate church environment is a place for that. I, I think there can be, I think we need to make room for that, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. um, hmm. But I'm a little extreme. Like, I shouldn't be the... <laughs> I, I'll have to think about that one a little bit and kind of wrap my mind around that. Well, if you were to live in another country for one year, mm -hmm. where would you like to live? Right now, I'm very interested, and especially because you said living there for one year, I'd like to live in Ireland. Ireland. Mm -hmm. Why Ireland? I did not imagine that. <laughs> I don't think that's like the top destination <clears throat> choice for travelers. No, and, and, and I'm interested in traveling anywhere. I, I'm down to go anywhere that I've never been. I'm very curious. Mm -hmm. I mean, Zimbabwe or India. It doesn't matter. I, I am. I would love to go anywhere. But in terms of living there for a year, I think Ireland is kind of on my radar right now because 
um, stuff that I'm reading about like the origins of Celtic Christianity mm-hmm. and a lot of um, just spiritual writers and poets are coming out of Ireland or have come out of Ireland. And mm-hmm. I'm very curious as to what about that land and the landscape, you know, was foundational for, for that. Hmm. Interesting. Wow. Um, you've made me think a lot during this <laughs> podcast. I'm going to have to like sit there in silence and think about all the things that you said uh, during this interview. Well, you know, I mean, I think this we, man, that half hour went by so quickly. It went very quickly. Um, do you have anything else you'd like to say? No, I'd say if I can do this, anyone can do this. So I encourage, um, you know, all of our rock members to, you know, I think it's a it's a good way to um you know see sides of one another that we may not be able to yeah well um that's it for today we uh i just want to uh thank you so much for uh spending this time with us today and really kind of sharing your life with uh, our church and if any of you that are listening would love to be involved in this uh podcast whether you'd love to, you know, help host or co-host or whether you would be interested in uh, providing ideas uh, for topics, um, love to uh, have you uh, involved. And also, um, as you're listening to this, if you could subscribe and uh, I don't know, what do they usually say on subscribe and do a no, like, no, 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 us. like us mm-hmm. or rate us or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, I think uh we got to get I some of the young folk on I here to helps. get the uh, right lingo. I know I have the right lingo. I'm like, <laughs> what do they say? Um, but anyways, um, that's it for today. We really thank, uh, thank you for spending this time with us today. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks.